Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. I don't have the right words yet. I do. I do have the right words. What was that? Okay. I'm Thomas Frank Carr. This is the BWI Live Post Game Show. I uh, want to make this clear. I don't enjoy uh, calling out coaches. I don't enjoy saying bad game plan, blah, 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 because there's a thousand things I don't know when it comes to Penn State football, um, the factors that go into the things that they choose to do. But here's one thing I do know. You can't make your quarterback irrelevant for three quarters and then say, hey, Drew, go play with confidence, please. Both teams, by the way, took their quarterbacks out of this game. This was like, uh, put some old-timey sepia tone and, and old-timey music to it. This was Big Ten 1994 football, except um, not as good. Uh, I just, like, that was hard. That was hard to watch. 24-15, Penn State loses to Michigan. I'm Thomas Frank Carr. You are the BWI Live post-game show. Um, be nice, <laughs> as nice as we can be here. 
Uh, I'm going to do my best. But like I said, after the Ohio State game, anything's fair game at this point. And, and this time around, you had the game against Ohio State to go, okay, maybe we went into our shell a little bit too much if you're the Penn State coaching staff. Maybe we should play with a little more freedom, a little more looseness. N no. 35 runs. 40 minutes into the game, Drew Aller, I think, had 13 attempts. Somebody asked me at halftime, how do you get receivers open for this guy? What passing plays did they run? They ran the football. And it worked early. This is the problem. This is the problem. It worked early. And then the defense adjusts. And so you've got to find a new tune to play. You can't go up there and play Freebird three times. Um, and that's the problem. Is establishing the run is a myth. Penn State established the hell out of the run and then tried to do some flea flickers and some other things, some big play action sets, and Michigan saw it coming because establishing the run doesn't work. You know, you can listen. This is the difference. This is the difference. You can establish the run and threaten the linebackers with RPOs and uh, attacking the middle of the football field, and if they're coming downhill, throw it over their head. But it doesn't. It, it doesn't give you magical powers to suddenly just get guys open in the secondary. You have to do things that play off the other things that look the same. And Penn State, I, I liked their game plan early. I was so um, excited to come in here and tell you about the fact that they got the pin and pull game going. Their running game was churning. I mean, Catron Allen, 12 carries, 72 yards, six run, uh, six uh, yards a run. Nick Singleton finished under, he finished under 3.5 yards, but he had a good game. His runs early were good. 13 carries, 43. They ran for 164 yards. They averaged nearly five yards a carry. But it didn't matter because, and I'll get to your comments in a moment, I, I promise. If you play afraid of your quarterback, that's what you get. Michigan wasn't the better team today. They were. So let me let me make that clear. Michigan was the better coached team. They executed early in the game and got two touchdowns. They deserved to win this game. Penn State did not put up a fight on offense. The defense, once again, went out there, and I don't care what the final stats are on the ground. 227 yards. I don't I don't care. They had some bad runs on third down, which Maybe there's a reason you put a defensive tackle on the field. <laughs> I, I love the three-down package there, um, getting after the passer. But teams have figured out, just run the football in third and ten. And if you don't have a defensive end on the field, you've got linebackers and corners playing edge defense. It's a risk, and teams have, have found, if you run into that look, here you go, you get a 22-yard touchdown. Um, playing 7-0 linemen is stupid, but it worked. Um a couple of times. Penn State adjusted to it. They didn't lose their mind at any point from the, the defensive perspective. I thought they played an awesome game. But you can't play football with just the defense. This is the BWI Live Show. I'm Thomas Frank Carr. It's 10-2 and two season, right? Here we are once again. College football playoff, that conversation is out the door. And here's the last thing I'll say in my opening statement. Here's the last thing I'll say that I think is relevant to the conversation. Let's just wave our magic wand I don't have a stick of any kind here. 
Uh, let's just wave our magic wand and say Penn State wins this game 25-24. Everything goes perfectly in that final sequence, and we can get into the we can get into the game plan and you know how they went for it early on, whatever. If they win the game with that offensive performance, they have one loss. They may or may not go to the college football or the, to the Big Ten championship game to play another championship weekend game. The point here and this remains true for Michigan, is that style points matter for the college football playoff committee. There is no algorithm. There is no, there is no discerning factors outside of what the college football playoff committee thinks. And if that's the offensive game plan you came with, they're not going to put you in the college football playoff even if you win that game. Like two games in a row against your biggest competition and you put up uh, nine points and six points before the game is in desperation mode it's just bad process yes you want to be careful you want to take care of the football and not put the defense in a bad situation guess what you did anyway yeah turnover three points the defense gave up a 14 play drive for 40 yards they played great today but uh you can't overcome trying to play without a quarterback they made Drew Aller into the third runner for most of the game. And it's just frustrating to watch. It's frustrating to watch the progress they made from last week. And good process, getting him into a flow early. He talked about it earlier this week, how getting into a flow early really helped him out. And uh, they barely threw the football. They barely threw the football. David was in here early. Um, getting his point here. Allen was really good most of the day, T. Frank. Why is there just not getting him the ball in more ways? Uh, forget throwing it deep. Why is he failing so bad to get our guys the ball in position to make plays? I, I have no problem with how they handled Catron Allen and Nick Singleton. I thought that was fine. The point is they had absolutely no support. You cannot play an incomplete game against complete teams. This is the, this is the whole thing. You have to be balanced, and balance means throwing the football. They were afraid to throw the football today. Third and two, and you're you're motioning Tyler Warren in for a quarterback counter. And I don't hate it. <laughs> Actually, it was a it was really well blocked. The offensive line did a pretty good job blocking today. They didn't allow them to pass block until it was a situation where they're obviously going to fail. So we can have the conversation about, well, look what happened when they did throw the ball. Yeah, they were down a score or two scores with eight minutes left. So like th th there's just so much frustration. Like I said, I don't, I don't root for these things, but just the frustration of having to come here and have the same conversation. That's why I started here. Cause I don't want to have this conversation again, but here we are. So your thoughts, your comments, David says, uh, resources. No, it's coaching, coaching, your quarterback into submission, failing to recognize one running back. David, we're not doing that. Uh, shouldn't be and is falling to put guys into position to succeed. I feel bad for the defense. Mike is inept. I I don't know. I struggle with Mike Yursich is inept when it's a... James Franklin talks on Tuesday about how this is going to be another grinded out game and goes back to the Iowa game and says, look what we did in that situation and we stuck to it. It's like... The game plan is not a singular person's decision. I, I and, and yes, some of the play calling on third down was frustrating. Um, it is equally 
I I I'm I think it's fine to put it on James Franklin today too. Uh, that you guys don't have any problem with that. Lots of stuff here in the chat. I apologize if I don't get to your questions. Uh, we're we're gonna get through as many of these things as possible. By the way, <laughs> to to hear about what's going on with Penn State football for the rest of the year is the big game special. Uh, don't be like Penn State. Don't be like Penn State and not show up. Join Blue White Illustrated first time subscribers, 50% off. So you can go in and find like-minded people to yell about James Franklin and the coaching staff uh, inside the, the Blue White Illustrated message board and on the lion's den. 50% off your first year subscription. I'm just going to leave this up here for a second so you can wash in like, yeah, join us to talk about Penn State football. Um, at least be, you know, join us for the negative talk too. So... I hope you are enjoying uh, the, the vent session. Let's see what else we got here in the chat. Want to make sure we get to everybody. Like I said, this will be a civil comment session. Looking forward to your analysis, D. Frank. Plenty to improve on this offseason. Can Higgins do something to help? Kenneth, I don't want to talk about the receivers. I don't want to talk about the passing game. They weren't allowed to throw the football today. If you have, let's see, half of your passing plays, almost half of your passing plays in the fourth bleeping quarter, are we aware you're allowed to throw the ball with more than two or three guys in the pass pattern? Last week, Penn State, through screens and RPOs, threw the ball over the middle. Yeah, I know. It was cover one and cover zero, and the, it was bigger open windows. Let your quarterback throw the football. By the time he's trying to throw the ball to Caden Saunders over the middle and he's thrown behind everybody, the game is in his head because you didn't allow him to establish a rhythm early. I This is an inconclusive from the players because they didn't have an opportunity to uh to do anything in the game. I don't feel like they were I don't feel like there were good opportunities consistently for the passing game to do anything productive. Especially I used to make fun of this calling it the run run pass punt offense when I was in college at Penn State. Where it was pretty predictable, you'd run on first down, run on second down, third and whatever it was, then you'd throw the football. Um, this reeks of what every, what the cliches and what everyone says about James Franklin and the Penn state, I, I can't, I can't refute it, you know, and, and not that I'm up here to, to cape up for the coaching staff and to do any of those things. But like, generally, I just think there are reasons, right? Reasons that you and I don't always have the information to that they keep in house. I don't see any reasons why they wouldn't have tried to throw on this team a little bit more, especially early when they got the running game going and you do have that opportunity to now throw them off balance. But no, it was just stick to itiveness. That's what it was. Greg Fischel, there's always there's way more to be upset about than this, but you don't have to be a math major to know you don't go for two on that last TD. Dear God. Yeah, so early in the game, we can talk about this. This is not my area of expertise. But you go for it for two early in the game after you score your touchdown. Because at that point, you can make it a one-score game. Um, then they go for it on fourth and six. Then they give up the 30-yard touchdown. And now you're right back in that position where you're chasing points. Um, and I'm generally all for being aggressive. I, I am pro-analytics, despite what it's easy to say on a, a national broadcast when you can just sit literally high up in the air and, and point down and laugh at people. Um, there's a lot of information. There's a lot of smart context that, for all of this stuff. But going for two in that situation 
Um, yeah, you're, you're not, you need two scores. And especially if you go for two there, then it's out of reach. If you're playing the game to extend the game, and Penn State was trying all they could to both shorten the game and then extend it at the end. You can't, you can't then try and shorten the game by going for two. Yeah, I, I think that it's as much as this is what I'm struggling with is like, I agree with you, Greg. I agree with you that the decisions they made on those extra points cost them points, cost them two points in the game and also cost them game situation. That's absolutely true. Uh, not letting your quarterback play football on Saturday is a bigger problem, but that's where we're starting here. Uh, and, and you're right, these secondary decisions, if you're going to say this is going to be a tight game and we are going to uh, play an old school style of game and then you go and do these things, they are incongruent. They don't go together. If you're going to be conservative and run the ball 35 times and you're not going to let your quarterback throw until the fourth quarter, then you can't go chase points. You have to play to the style of conviction that you're playing. Um, I, I don't I don't know. I'm all twisted around now. I know that we've got to do one thing, and that's talk about our sponsors here on the show. Um, the Penn State defensive line was awesome today. Yes, there were some busted run gaps, but they got in the backfield in a hurry. Denied Dennis Sutton specifically had a great game. Uh, and if you... Uh, are a son of a football player, or maybe you are a person who uh, is a football coach, then MMA FX is something you should know about. Bruce Lombard runs an MMA gym in State College, and he trains the Penn State offensive line. He trains specific players, including Denied Dennis Sutton, who had an awesome game. You can see here in the promotional stuff, Anthony Zettel is a guy who's, who's uh, practiced with Bruce before. He has hand-fighting techniques that he can teach your... Um, your son, your your defensive line, uh, your your team. If you want to know more, check out MMAFX.net, uh, and you can go through the MMAFX video sessions teaching you 25 techniques, 60 drills on four levels of difficulty aiming with making you better at football. And if you're looking, if you're throwing some shade today about, well, wow, wouldn't want to go to somebody who teaches the Penn State football players, first off, the offensive line was fine today. Uh, he also has taught Alabama, I believe Florida, Virginia Tech, Brent Pry and his crew as well. Um, and also uh, the in the NFL, multiple NFL players and was at one point the uh, New York Giants hand coach, hand fighting coach. So check out MMAFX.net uh, today to learn more. And if you live near State College, you live down uh, near Happy Valley, you can get a free consultation for the MMAFX one-on-one -on -one private training, small group trainings uh, at bruce at mmafx.net. Also, Game Time. The Game Time app is, uh, <laughs> if you want to go to the Rutgers game, the last game that's left, you can check out uh, Game Time. Use the promo code from uh, BWI to get $20 off your first ticket. Look at that. 15 bucks to go to Rutgers. It's senior night. It's 10 and 2. You're here again. Maybe you just want to go to the game for the fun of it. What I love about this is you can see this is this is their website, but you can download their app, GameTime. Go to GameTime.co to check this out, but get loan, uh, download the GameTime app, and you can see it's sorted by your region. And we live in State College here, so Pittsburgh is the closest region. And then you can go by sports, or you can go by music, 
shows, comedy. I love this because I don't know where things are. I'm not a person who does a whole lot, so game time is also like a a uh, it's like an agent for you to tell you where the shows are to go to uh, check them out. So use both the promo use the promo code for Blue White Illustrated here. Thanks to our partner Game Time. Download the app, create an account, and use promo code BWI for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms do apply. I don't know if you get five dollars back on your Rutgers ticket if you go and check that game out. So Penn State loses 25-15 to Michigan. Once again, their offense does not show up in a big game. Michael, still positive here. So close sucks is what he says. Um, blizzard warning, you and I are in the same place. Nothing to say. It's the same old thing. It's a car wash. We're back in the same spot. Um, it's been a while since the Penn State offense has shown up. <sighs> Go through Mike Yersich should be fired. Franklin needs to go. Uh, Diaz is the only good coach on the team. Let's see. I know we got some other people. David is back. Also, T. Frank, defensive line was solid. Solid. This is for my boys on the D-line. What the hell happened to Kalen King, though? He's playing himself into returning to Happy Valley. Uh, I, I have a problem with that pass interference call. He was in position. He turned around. Tight ends shove. I made a joke about it earlier this week on Twitter, saying college DBs being grabby, tight ends shoving off in in high in college football. Most of the time, I think you just let that play, but it's just because it's out there in one on one, and the ball falls incomplete, and everybody fell to the ground. He pulled Kalen King to the ground. The tight end pulled Kalen King to the ground through the contact. I I agree, he has not been good, but this was not a game where I would say, oh, Kalen King was was a problem today. The problem was. Um, seven offensive linemen and Dom DeLuca didn't hold the contain one time. And then another time, uh, the, the touchdown run from Blake Corum, kind of the backbreaker you've got, again, you're putting corners and slot corners in run fits. And we've seen this before. And that's why you go to these big packages. I don't think it was even a big package on the, on the Blake Corum touchdown, but you had both Adisa Isaac and Daquan Hardy going outside. Nobody was in the B gap. That's what we said all week long. We said, if you make a mistake, this is a good team. Blake Corm will find, and Donovan Edwards will find the hole. Adisa Isaac and somebody else, I think it was Johnny Dixon, both went outside. This team had to play really sound gap control. Do you realize, and I'm sitting here looking at this again, J.J. McCarthy threw the ball eight times today. Seven of eight for 60 yards. They ran the ball 46 times and scored 24 points. This was this was the math to get Penn State a win. And they scored 15 points. So yeah, some explosive runs that they gave up. That's not good. If they had played a perfect game and not have didn't give up two early touchdowns, yeah, maybe Penn State wins the game if you have a historic defensive performance. By the way, I'm so over hearing about the speed of the Penn State defense on regular first and second down, they were playing with aggressiveness and activity in the middle of the defense and also strength. They were playing good football. So it is it is playing into, it's easy if you're on TV to play into the narratives of Penn State equals fast and small, Michigan equals big and strong. Penn State was taking it to the middle of the Michigan offensive line for four quarters. They literally had to bring in two extra offensive linemen to get anything done in this game. But at the, the, the narrative is going to be after this game, and it's just so annoying that this is going to just continue 
when the Penn State defense is genuinely better and they genuinely fought and, and clawed through that game, that 227 yards, Penn State can't stop the run. Yes, they can stop the run. They cannot play football by themselves. Brett says, T. Frank, just an appreciation post for being everyone's punching bag. It might get ugly, but keep it up. Actually, so far, you know, this has been, I, I think I'm on your side today. Like, I'm genuinely frustrated by the process from Penn State. And I, again, like I started the show saying, like, I don't like, I'm not the dude who's going to come and run his mouth on the internet saying coaches don't know what they're doing. That is not who I am. So consider the fact that I'm talking about it and how far I've been pushed off that point by what they did in this game. And I would like to think I know at least enough to like point to the specific things that they did that would cause that to happen. Like, I don't know. Trying to out Michigan, Michigan was how it felt today. Uh, Africans, you're going to buy a Tesla with all these super chats. I would love it if all of these super chats went to me. I would love that. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, but you know, it supports Blue White Illustrated, which then allows me to continue to do this. So in indirectly, sure. But uh, I, uh, I would love a Tesla. That would be phenomenal. I would love them to be a sponsor here on the show. KJ Johnson, he says, third downs were massive in this game. Michigan converted big ones. We didn't. Aller was bad again, inaccurate, even when guys were open. It, it is frustrating. It is frustrating. And I, my point here, and I'm just going to beat this drum for, I guess, another 30 minutes, is I don't feel like he was in put, put in position to succeed. I, I, I'm frustrated for Drew Aller, the quarterback, who got to throw the ball on third and fourth down. <laughs> and for the first, I, I, I keep play-by-play -play notes, by the way. I never can go back and reference them live on the show, so they're kind of meaningless. But I keep play-by-play -play notes so I don't have to go back and reference the stat monitor. Um, but in this situation, it's just like, run, pass, pass. Run, pass. The crossing route to Tyler Warren, that was great. Early in the game, I felt like when they had the opportunity to throw the football, it worked. Run, run, pass, incomplete, pass interference, run, pass, run, 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 pass, pass, field goal. Uh, pass. Run, pass, run. You get nine yards on first down, that's great. Their first down running was excellent today. Second and third down were a train wreck. Um, and then what I like to do, and what I guess we'll go here and do, and, and kind of I think this will sum the game up if we look at this. First off... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten possessions in this game for Penn State. That's not a lot of possessions. So let's look at the drive chart because, again, this is really important. Three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out, fumble, uh, turnover on downs. They gave the ball back to Michigan all day long. And Penn State's defense forced three three and outs, uh, a five and out, which isn't a thing, but five plays, four yards. They were great. You know, you've got a couple of, of bad situations in the fourth quarter with four minutes left. I'm putting that touchdown on the offense. Not only because of the situation where you go for it on fourth down, which I believe was the right call, because you only got 10 possessions in this game. And these final two desperate ones, I, I don't know if that really is like counting quality possessions. So Penn State got like eight quality possessions in the in the game because of the way they played and because of the way Michigan played, which by the way, Michigan also played scared. So I want to reiterate this. Style points matter in college football. This is not blank math of who won the most games. It is simplistic at the top when everyone's undefeated, but when it comes down to the tiebreakers, strength of schedule matters for sure, blah, blah, blah. But also, do you have a complete, just the, the kind of general statement of do you have a complete team 
do you have a team that if we put you up against the guys that have the best offenses and defenses, will you compete? Michigan showed today that they have a massive problem at their tackle position. Chop Robinson had three rushes and got in the backfield every single time. Uh, just generally, the defense got in the backfield almost immediately. So they went, "Hope I guess we're not running the, we're not going to throw the football today." This is just so. Uh, this is just the fact. These, these are the facts, right? So I'm trying to give you the facts of what happened. They they stopped throwing the football. They threw the football. On the drive where they got a field goal, they threw the football twice. They called two passing plays. Neither of them resulted in a pass, like the ball coming out of the hands of the quarterback. And then the other time that it did, it was a pass interference call. So kind of a lucky thing there that this plan worked for Michigan. I don't think you should feel great if you're Michigan coming out of this game. Now, you can also say we didn't have our head coach, adversity, us against the world, whatever. But this, like neither team looked good today. And I think that this is just kind of a Penn State thing of um, the defense is so good. When After the Ohio State game, my, th my thought was, wow, Michigan has a pretty easy path to the college football playoff in the Big Ten championship game after the way the Ohio State offense played. Penn State's defense is, it might be the best if you adjust for what they're dragging around with them, one of the best in the country. Because they have taken two competent football teams and made them inept on offense a cheat code of marvin harrison jr is what caused ohio state to have points and then the lead but that's kind of the point of these games too as i talk myself into another point here is that you're by playing this conservative style of make sure we manage the quarterback and not letting him play free and loose by letting him throw the football in the first half you are you are giving the opportunity to the other team to score points and I bet if I go back and I look, the 7 of 8 probably resulted in, in 14 points or pretty close therein. So Michigan trusted their quarterback, even if they didn't really like what was going on up front, enough to score points, and then they just bled the clock. And Penn State, by, by playing that style, allowed that to happen. And that's like... I, that's not on that's not on the quarterback that's not on the offensive line and again i know we're going to have conversation about olu being a fraud because in high pressure situations like a fourth down he gives up a pressure and drew aller throws the ball over the middle to nobody because they they just were out of sorts but you're not okay so it's like if the whole game is a set of downs right so you run the ball on first down great you run the ball on second down okay third and short we're in the third quarter mm right and now the fourth quarter you're fourth and medium so whether it's a drive or it's the game if you're running on three straight downs you're putting your quarterback in a position and your offensive line in a position where everyone knows what's coming and that's that's what it is james franklin's press conference is going to be up here on the blue white illustrated youtube channel um the questions will be there they will not satisfy your rage just like my answers here probably are too soft for any of you um, but you can check that out. You can check out our instant analysis. I can maybe paint by numbers of what the guys are going to say of once again, the offense didn't show up and that's the, that's, that's what happened. Uh, Michael says, did anyone watch the 2022 Michigan film? Man, I felt like, uh, man, I would like a staff that adjusts in the middle of the first quarter, not half. Come on, man. This is the conversation of having a young quarterback, managing a young quarterback, but we're 10 games in. He was on the team last year. This is not like he's going through the offense the first time. He's seen all of this now. I've seen him pick apart cover three 
cover one. And again, I, you know, we don't get to see all of the coverages and everything. T Frank's film room is coming up. It's going to be pretty simple. I imagine. I feel like I got a good beat on this one. They didn't throw the football and they didn't convert, uh, on short yarded situations for the past six years. This is the James Franklin offense. The evidence is mounting and I, I, I can't be an evidence-based person who talks, uh, tries to talk rationally about this stuff and, um, doesn't, doesn't acknowledge that that is kind of a trend. Let's see. Hagertown Youth Hockey Association. Somebody coming through on a an official YouTube channel. Hopefully you meant to do this from this channel, not from your personal one. But I don't see anything here. Uh, mismanagement of time uh, out, uh, timeouts or clock. Check. Comically bad trick plays. Check. Head scratching fourth down decision. Check. Nonsensical two-point attempt. Check. Must be a Franklin big game. I... Again, the evidence is there. Like, I'll let... Here's the thing. If you want my face to say it, I'll just read your comment, I guess. Uh, Devo says, T. Frank, is Danny O'Brien a rising college uh, star in college football like James Franklin, the PSU uh, beat, keep hammering? Does he deserve criticism? Uh, that's a great question. You know, I don't know his specific role other than communicating with Drew uh, on the field during the game. And they felt confident about that this year but the the adjustments from up top to down here and uh, on on the playing surface and the way aller looked rattled in this game late in the game and, and he wasn't super accurate to begin with like in the middle part of the game either so he came out i thought strong and then as the game wore on when he got into some situations where they they he, the ball was behind receivers a lot he was throwing i think a little too hard uh and and not playing with that if that's if if your quarterback playing loose and carefree is the job of the quarterback manager on the field whether that's the offensive play caller and quarterback coach or if it's the the assistant it's somebody's job to make sure that his head is on straight whether you need to hire a shrink uh and give them a, a coaching job and just have them manage the quarterback whatever you need to do to keep drew in uh out of his own head and into the game plan that's the answer you need so i think it's a fair question danny o'brien a rising star in college football is as much about the recruiting side where he's gotten penn state a part of that conversation with mike yursich he's been a big part uh, of getting some of these quarterbacks to talk to penn state and come to penn state and be interested in the program that's a you know shout out to sean fitz and ryan snyder for getting that information and understanding that level of nuance between why quarterbacks and what we said on the thursday show there are great options for Penn State. But here's another thing. You know, we talk about college football playoff. We talk about all of those things. And we talk about recruiting here. This is the second big game in a row where the quarterback has looked bad. And I don't think it's been particularly fair <laughs> to him in how he's performed. He was not good. But I, I just point to me in a situation where he had an opportunity to make a lot of good plays. Bo Prabula, I'm seeing that. Tyler. This is where I started the show. What the hell did I just watch? I, 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 I feel you. I feel you. I, I was, again, I was very excited for the, for the game plan and watching something interesting and Penn State got into some of the stuff that it wasn't just the base offense. It wasn't just inside zone, outside zone, inside zone. Man, 
inside zone, outside zone. They had a lot of different stuff ready for Michigan. And the the offensive line was churning early. And even, even late in the game, they were moving the football. They got yards. They were able to help their, their defense a little bit throughout the game. But then it just became a one-note performance. And that's the thing is like this, this team, and I hate to say this about the defense, but this team doesn't deserve to go to the postseason and to be a part of the conversation of the best teams in college football because we just watched what we just watched. And I, from the coaching staff down, like the offensive side hasn't come through. And I don't think you can wait until the fourth quarter to make that happen. This has been my problem um, with kind of the conversation around establish the run, play these close games, make it a grind. A lot of that does come down to luck. Blake Corum fumbled the football early, Michigan recovered. Drew Aller fumbled the football late, Michigan recovered. Those are the situations where if you're going to play these close games, you're in, you're, you're allowing variance and luck to get into the equation. And I just think the longer you prolong trying to score, like they're trying to score points the entire game, but it doesn't like you ever watch an offense go into two minute drill at the end of a game and suddenly they just score points, not even at the end of the game, end of the half, maybe. And there's just a certain amount of urgency that they're playing with. And there's a certain amount of like, they suddenly lock in and they drive down the field. They might've been three points and several punts in the first half. And it's like, well, where was that offense? The full first half. If you just wait to the end of the game, you're waiting for the worst possible scenario to throw the football. Same old stuff. Also, go, Michigan men were awful at the stadium today. Sorry about that, Steven. Sorry the Michigan men were awful today. That is, they came out in numbers. You know, they came out, they traveled, they were confident. They didn't have their head coach. They were down a man, and they still beat Penn State, uh, who had their full coaching staff. There's another free narrative for the internet and for everyone about football, because Penn State, it didn't matter if Harbaugh was there or not. They didn't come in with a game plan that was going to win this game. Running the ball twice to start every drive, then forcing Drew to make an impossible pass is just horrible coaching. Drew played awful regardless. Absolutely, Noah, you nailed it. I don't... Here's the thing is, like, I'm, I'm struggling here to remember the other parts of the game because that is just so overwhelming. Uh, third down for the defense was not good. So I guess that's the, that's the other thing we could talk about is, like, this defense played well, except for the high leverage situations in which then they didn't close plays. So the kind of like the offense, the Penn State defense closed out first and second down. And then on third down, they couldn't close the deal a couple of times. Um, I have a hard time criticizing them. They held this offense to under 300 yards. It's hard to do that in college football. It's just the problem. Their offense had 238. Uh, and they had 164 yards rushing. They had the predictable day. This was the conversation I was having pregame and why I had a hard time picking Penn State. Why I, I thought if they played their best game, Penn State could win this game because they do have good athletes. They do have two great tight ends. They do bring a lot of challenges to the football field. But Michigan had more paths to victory. I didn't predict, and this is like last year, I didn't predict the path to victory would be seven offensive linemen. Because they didn't done they hadn't done that all year. When you're playing six and seven offensive linemen, you're going into a bag of tricks that most people don't use for a specific reason. And after a while, it didn't really work if you were expecting to get points. Penn State kind of gave Michigan those those seven points at the end of the game to make this look different. Like this was a closer game. A 30-yard touchdown run on an exhausted defense that made a couple of the longer you leave a defense out there, the more opportunities they have to make a mental mistake. 
Um, and they were making mental mistakes. Like there's no, that's the thing is there's no way around that either is as good as they were and as big as well as deny Dennis Sutton played with strength because he's a big football player. Um, you can't, you, you, you can't put them out there every single play and expect them to be perfect for how many offensive plays they have, uh, 60, almost 60 plays, 50, 54, you know, and they, it, just it's very frustrating game to even wrap your head around because it was so basic it was they ran the football and bled the clock because they got 14 points in the second quarter drew is not being developed how are we going to change that um this is a great question because the thing that i talked about before the season was if you look at five-star quarterbacks and how they perform in their set in their sophomore year if they're the dude 3,000 yards and 30 touchdowns is kind of the where they start. You look at what um, you look at what Trace McSorley did as a redshirt sophomore, so three years in the program. Sure, um, same thing. That was an explosive offense with some you know top of the NFL talent, but that was a first time starting quarterback. This offense has NFL talent on it. You know, Keandre Lambert-Smith is going to play in the NFL for however many years he plays. Theo Johnson, Tyler Warren, they're going to play in the NFL. Nick Singleton, Katron Allen, they're going to play in the NFL. Olu Foshin, who's going to play in the NFL. Caden Walsh is going to play in the NFL. Hunter Norzad is going to play in the NFL. That's, that's NFL talent. Dante Cephas is probably going to play in the NFL. You know, the receivers are obviously an issue in this game. But you didn't get to see any of that. So, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how you change that if you don't let him throw the football. Uh, Debbie Odessa says, hashtag still fire Mike Yersich. <laughs> Michael Fox says, I kind of like this side of T. Frank. Yeah, well, I have to choose here, Michael. I have to choose between myself and whether or not I want to step in front of bullets for anybody. And here's the thing. I don't. I don't. I have no reason to, to come on here and be like, you know what? Mike Yersich, you know, you, when I think it's pretty fair to say like that was, there's four minutes left and you're running the football on two straight plays. You have to score points. I know they gave you the run look. And here's another thing that, that kind of was, was a little bit frustrating. Um, in those third down calls where you are seeing Drew Aller run the football on the QB counter, I don't have a problem with doing that once or twice. But when you do it two third downs in a row to run the ball three straight plays or whatever the sequence was, they threw the screen to Malik Mega who took forever to move his feet uh, once he caught the football. Again, the ball from Drew was high. He did not play well. You do very predictable things of here comes Tyler Warren into the formation. I saw, after we saw it the first time, when they did it and he fumbled, I'm like, here like here we go again. You can ask my wife. I just said, oh, here we go again. Because you condensed Tyler Warren into the formation. Look, it's a pull play. They're going to run the quarterback. And Drew was good running the football today. I think that was a good, uh, again, I thought the game plan early was good. The adjustment was do the same. More of the same. More of the same. And this, like, this isn't the Iowa offense you're facing. They are going to get some points. They are going to get some yards. And Penn State wasn't able to, to keep up with that. They weren't able to keep up with a team that didn't throw the football in the second half. Um, let's see. We've got, you know, a lot of people in here. I haven't been paying attention to a lot of the, the chat. Hopefully everything is civil in here. 
let's see. You know, we're, we're 40 minutes into the show. I've said what I've said. I think that might be what I have to say. If you've got more to say, I'm trying to find some people with some reasonable points. And you know how I hate silence here. Let's see. Scott says, out coach Franklin, Franklin literally handed Michigan nine points. Yeah. The posi- I, I, Going forward on fourth down, late in the game. I'm for that. <laughs> I know that you're not going to like that answer. Uh, but this is a game of possessions. They were running out of bites at the apple. And they had backed themselves into this corner by doing what they did early in the game. So at a certain point, you do have to take a gamble. And they chose to do that, which then resulted immediately in a 30-yard touchdown. Um, so as much as, yes, the nine points, two, uh, the two-point conversions, and then that touchdown on the fourth down turnover, they needed to get points. And they were not having... The, the, the touchdown drive that they had was aided by two Michigan penalties that I think were like 25 yards. That was really how that drive got started, was they had 25 yards. That was going to another three and out before there was a penalty. Forget what the penalty was, but it was like a 15-yard penalty, reset the downs. Then suddenly you get a little play going, and then you get another penalty late in the game with the hands in the face. Um, so in the second half, Penn State's offense mustered nada. So at a certain point, you do have to kind of pull the ripcord. You have to break the glass in case of emergency. But again, you were in that point because... <laughs> Phil says 10 and 2, New Year's 6, boring. Yeah. It's the same old. Like, you know, we're having the same conversation. We're having the same conversation. Even, even some of your your comments, guys. Like, I don't I don't want you to go over the top, by the way. But like, fire your sitch. Like, like a high school football offense. That was horrific. The high school football part is a is is a nice tweak there, Echo. I do like that. Um <laughs> game time calls better plays. Than your sitch. I want to give you some chance to vent here. Hopefully, I can uh, read a couple of these out loud for you. Boglin here. Aller was really bad today. He's showing signs of being gun shy and very inaccurate. The gun shy part is the part that causes the inaccuracy. So, this has been something that we saw even last year. Is when he's not confident, he slips uh, into some bad habits and playing loose and playing free and not playing with the burden of I not even I need to be perfect, but I just need to, I, 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 this is my opportunity to throw the football is kind of how I feel half the time watching him plays like this is okay. It's third down. This is a high leverage situation. There are no first down throws to be like, ah, well, we'll get him next time. There's he, there is so much on him. Third and fourth down is all right, batter up. You know, we got two outs. You need to drive in some runs and Maybe he needs to be the leadoff hitter. And I know that they hammered that on, on the broadcast. I know that we've hammered that on the show. Jim Galanti always talks about this on, the, on our Wednesday show. And I never pay attention specifically to that. But yeah. Yeah. And the problem is, like, they were, it was feeding into their own, uh, their own process by running the ball in first down and getting five yards and running the ball and getting nine yards and running the ball and getting two yards. And suddenly, oh, no. Well, now we'll throw the football and it's a... Uh, and now you're in third and eight. Um, yeah, we got some. Matthew says, how do you think Penn State will drop in the rankings? In the teens. You know, I think that's fair. Um, 14, 15. Um, but even if they had one, I don't know that they would have gone much higher. Because it, it, that offense, the way that they're playing, 
they scored two touchdowns in the second and fourth quarter. Uh, they didn't get the field, the, the extra points. They, they, they had nine points through most of the game, is what I'm trying to say. They had nine points through 40 minutes. They had nine, again, it's the same script from Ohio State. Um, Ohio State is a good defense. There are things they, I, I felt like they could have done against that defense where uh, attack the middle of the football field. I, I talked about all that stuff already. Um, but in these big games, it doesn't, it, it doesn't, what needs to change, T. Frank? This is, again, why it's like I don't want to really criticize uh, play callers because I don't know. Like, who wants to be the guy who sits here and says, you know what, everything's bad and it doesn't work, and then go, all right, I'm going to go and have nachos. <laughs> I'm not in the building trying to fix it. I just think ba balance is also the threat. Balance is not just, hey, we're going to show you some play action. Balance is actually throw the football. And again, we are 46 minutes in there. I think I've said that 40 times. I think I've said that once a minute. It's like just reset. You know, in, in radio, you're supposed to reset, be like, yeah, this is the BWI Live postgame show. But if you clicked on this video, you knew that already. So I don't really need to do that. I'm Thomas Frank Carr. That's also on the screen. And also, Penn State needed to throw the football. They needed to throw the football. They needed to be daring to go, you know what? The forward pass was invented a couple hundred years ago. And I, I think that this is just, it's, this is the opposite of where they were a couple of years ago where, <laughs> you know, they're throwing the ball in the wrong, like what Penn State fans by the result would say was the wrong situation. Um, and now they have gone so far around where you're in a very different situation. By the way, I think it's ironic that Penn State has been gashed on third down running the football when what was it, the 2017 Ohio State game? They tried to run the ball because there wasn't a linebacker and Chase Young just tackled the guy in the backfield and it would have been a first down. Like they, coaches do this stuff. It's just for, it just seems for, for some reason, uh, Penn State can't get the, the, on the, uh, get the ball to bounce their way. And, you know, coaching Franklin, let's find somebody else to say it for me. Uh, Maybe Luke Reynolds can give us a number one receiver, says Sam Nabel. Yeah, um, a guy who can go and uh, high point the football if you throw him the football. Silverback strength says trustees need to act now. Get rid of Franklin with cause. We need a coach who will transform Penn State into a big game winner. Enough of this pretender. So, you know, the, here's, here's the thing, and nobody wants to hear this, right? Um, James Franklin, whether he's a good or bad game day coach, the structure he's built is phenomenal. Uh, the process he's built is phenomenal. They are great at recruiting. And yeah, that, that is the risk, is that it all falls apart. So I know that everyone doesn't want to be 10-2 here in the chat. I know that everybody doesn't accept what we just saw on offense because they haven't been able to recruit a receiver since 2017, basically. Um, but it could all fall apart. And that's where, you know, your risk tolerance, some of the people here who are saying like, you need to play conservative and kick the field goals are also saying fire Franklin, which is the same as going for it on fourth down in the first quarter. I, maybe not in the first quarter at this point, we're 10 years in. Uh, it is going for it on fourth and four. Like it is not the, it is not the safe approach. But yeah, has Penn State peaked under James Franklin is a fair conversation to have. I know that it's been had for seven years, but we're going to get into the rankings thing. And I think Josh Pate, from 247 uh great show i think he always has great points he said that james franklin is an accurately rated coach earlier this week because they have lost the games where they were not the favorite from a talent perspective 
from a who's on the football field and what you're working with, maybe you don't have the greatest receivers in the world, but Penn State is as good as Michigan. Penn State doesn't have a Marvin Harrison Jr., but they were they were on the football field with Ohio State making that offense look not good. Now that offense has done its own thing to make it look not good all year. This was the year, this was the year, right, where Colin McCord doesn't look great. Um, you know, you look at this Michigan team and they let JJ McCarthy throw the ball eight times. He did go seven of eight, and the one was a pass interference. That is ridiculous. Um, but you had it this year. You had your elite defense. All this talent's going to the NFL next year, and you came up small. You came up small in the biggest games, and there's no hiding from that. There's no way around that. There's no sitting and explaining it away. So, yeah. Uh, Ura 82. The Big Ten can't save Penn State. Aller is trash. Go blue. I hope you feel good about that one. I hope you feel like that was worth it. I also want to say, and I forgot to say this earlier on the tailgate show, happy Veterans Day. Thank you to everybody that served. Thank you that everybody has somebody uh, who is serving and your sacrifice of not seeing your loved ones. We all appreciate that. Uh, I wish that none of that was necessary, but we live in the world we live in where things are not uh, ideal. And I appreciate the sacrifice all of you make for us so that we can sit here and yell about a meaningless football game in the grand scheme of what's going on in the world and in the Middle East and the things that are going on in the world, I appreciate that we have the ability to sit here and go, you know what? We can debate the, mer we can debate the merits of whether or not James Franklin gets fired from his job. Somebody else's job is on the line. T. Frank is the GOAT doing a therapy session for his fans week after week. I think I appreciate you, Tom. Um, I just saw my name and I clicked on it. I apologize. I'm trying not to just get out all the ones that tell me I'm awesome. That is not what I'm trying to do, although I will click on it if I see my name. Sam, Sam is back. Can we please be human and not be horrible to Drew? Remember when we bullied Sean into shutting down his social? Not okay. We are better than that. Yes. I think that's a really important thing to remember, too, is like, you know, these are people. These are people. Even James Franklin is 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 a person. Even Mike Yersich is a person, which is my incredible discomfort with talking about these men being fired. They get paid well. They can deal with it, but they are people. So, you know, I try to make sure that all of the things are fair and balanced in the criticism. Uh, let's see. We've got a bunch of people here in the chat that want to talk about, uh, you know, and I apologize. You know, I know there's a lot of Michigan fans in the chat. I think that's fair to let them be here. Uh, I have not uh, been able to monitor that while live, so I apologize to anyone in the chat for that. David says, uh, Adisa is a bad man, T. Frank, bad man. Yeah, Adisa's been great. Adisa is playing, again, this is the frustration of, look at all these good things. All of these things that did turn around in the positive. Chop Robinson was back for this game and immediately made himself known. Adisa Isaac is turning into the guy that we thought he was as a four-star prospect who is now playing with just awesome strength. These undersized undersized small fast defensive ends were rocking michigan offensive tackles all game there was one play that i remember distinctly watching chop robinson not know exactly where he was supposed to be lined up they had a they had a line shift before the snap and he tried to get into his gap got into the wrong gap then got back into his gap and then the ball was snapped and so what did he, what did he do when he didn't know what to do he just got leverage and shoved the right tackle back three yards so penn state's defense is awesome the defensive line uh, Zane Durant, 280 pounds. I saw him absorbing double teams and being a man, like a, like a man child on the inside. And, you know, 25, 24, 15. And again, 15, making it look better than it was. It was, what was it, 17, 9? 24, 9. 
all of these late game points matter, right? But they definitely skew the reality of what we what we just saw. That was a nine point effort from Penn State. The defense was outstanding, minus being out of their gaps a couple of plays. Another elite defensive performance in a big game because of the offense. Um, that, you know, I guess that is that is the part I would say is how do you how do you how do you wager how do you how do you keep those things in mind? Of, I thought the defense did everything could they could to win the game. They didn't get a turnover, and they did allow a lot of explosive runs. Where, do you remember twenty? What was it? Twenty nineteen. Minnesota came out with six offensive linemen, and Penn State just fell apart. The RPO game was open, and they couldn't adjust before Minnesota put up a ton of points. And then finally, they got their bearings and they adjusted. And you know, maybe it was fourteen, however many points it was later. And then the Penn State offense kind of found their rhythm in late game, and then they ended up losing in a close one. They came out with a similar wrinkle today, and that's kind of going in the catalog of what has happened to Penn State. They allowed the the one long run. Dom DeLuca didn't keep the edge, and then Abdul Carter wasn't as fast as Blake Corum. He took a he took the wrong angle there, expecting that there was going to be a little bit of a bounce. How do you how do you balance that? Giving up those explosive plays, they adjusted well, but then they gave up they gave up a touchdown. I think it was a touchdown on a third and long. Like that is frustrating. <laughs> that's really frustrating and like that is so everyone here wants Manny Diaz to be the head coach Manny Diaz gave up seven points early in the game with that defensive front team that that's been known teams have shown even Maryland was able to run on Penn State last week uh in that in that third down situation and convert Peter Anthon says Aller put his in obvious throwing situations and uh, Michigan teams off on him in the wide receivers ridiculously predictable play calling it's what it feels like uh, need Penn Stater to lead the team. I'll just say it. Matt Rule, everyone, you, Todd, you made me say Matt Rule. You knew what you were saying. You should have just said Matt Rule, but I probably wouldn't have clicked on it. So, you know, kudos to you. Let's see. Jay Fizzle, fact, there is no confidence in the passing game. And I don't, after last week, I don't know why. Last week, everything was was great. They could have had... They, so when you play a zone, it's harder to get RPOs. When you play a zone, it's harder to get screens. So Michigan, by scheme and who they are, takes some of that away. But I don't know, run some slants. You know, pick a zone beater that's underneath. I think that the, there's things you can do. You don't have to rely on exactly what happened last week to do the same in the next game. And I just... It felt like that's what they wanted to do was, well... You know it's a zone it's a zone defense so I guess we're not running any of those plays. Um Sean got to play wide open why is Drew not allowed to Mike trusts uh, uh enough to be up in the box but why won't Drew be the guy? I, it's a great question. Part of that is personality. Part of that is Sean Clifford and his personality. So I think that that's part of that and Drew I think is is just he wants to be good so bad and he wants to do the right thing so bad that, you know, I can see kind of the perfectionist pressure. If you're not a perfectionist, you don't understand. And I'm I'm the worst perfectionist in the world. I like things to be perfect. I cannot manage to be a d attention to details guy. So Drew is that guy. And you can see kind of when the details aren't going right, it just kind of weighs on him. And you'd like to see him play free because when he plays free, he is that dude. He is that five-star quarterback. If they wanted to punish Michigan, they should have suspended Franklin from Killer Panda. Guys, uh, 
I, I hope this has been helpful for you. I we got a couple more people I want to make sure we get to in the chat. Um, have you been able to pick up on the differences in play calling in big games, Michigan, Ohio State versus Maryland type games? It is very scheme specific, Jay Fizzle. Jay Fizzle, that's a fun name to say. Thank you for that. Um, it's very game plan specific. So no, there weren't enough passing plays in the when the game was even, when there's meaningful parity, and no one has a major advantage. Penn State was down in the game, no doubt about that. But when there was parity in the game, I don't have good analysis of what the plan was in the passing game. For that exact reason, they didn't throw the football. Then in the third quarter, they fumble. Drew Aller fumbles. And then Michigan gets the, the, the ball for 14 plays in eight minutes. And suddenly we're in the fourth quarter. Like this game time warped. I, by the way, I just got finished watching Loki. It's just a lot of based on time travel. Amazing ending. If you haven't watched, you should definitely check it out. Great. But it, that was kind of what it felt like. Like you just slip through time and suddenly it's the fourth quarter. And then time stopped. <laughs> As it always does in these games of we want to control the ball, shorten the game, not allow for variance. And then suddenly we want all the time in the world to uh, expand the game, etc. That's to me, like when you're looking at how this game played out, there, there was, I don't, I will go back and look and see exactly. But when you play a zone defense, there are certain things that you saw last week against Maryland that won't work. And Michigan played, uh, plays a zone that takes away the underneath defenders. They were more aggressive in this game. They blitzed more often and earlier. And I just feel like that put Penn State on the defensive where suddenly they didn't want to throw the football. And I just, that was a mistake right there. That decision to me was we are going to play into and allow them to dictate the terms because I thought Penn State's offense when in those situations, Tyler Warren got open over the middle, you get a 17 yard chunk play. And then you never really got any good situations to throw the football down the field. Drew Aller was under pressure and running and scrambling and getting out of the pocket and making plays. And then all of that went away because he fumbled once and then it's the fourth quarter. So, by the way, you know, and, and, and I just want, this is something else I'll, I'll just say here. I don't know if I should say this or not, but like, if you make a Sandusky comment, I'm obviously going to ban you. Like, it's not like, it's not like this is a put anybody out here on defensive, but also that's not relevant. It's not appropriate. You know, like that's what I'm talking about. Don't do that garbage in the chat. Um, Franklin should have been gracious and taken Harbaugh to lunch. Uh, then Penn State would have won 20 to 17 in overtime. Says Scott Wilson got some good ones. Yeah. Got some good ones in here. I know I saw Showtime earlier. I need to get to Showtime because uh, he's a regular and uh, his thoughts are always pretty good. TC in New York, thank you, my guy. Appreciate that. We are uh, rounding the hour mark. I ran out of things to actually say, analysis, uh, about 40 minutes ago. So I appreciate everybody throwing their thoughts in the chat. Um, Joel Nye says, Michigan went into jumbo sets and they realized they could not pass. How many times did PSU use a jumbo set? That's on your sitch. Uh, you know, Joel, that's a great point. That is a great point. <laughs> Penn State runs 12 personnel, so they're expecting their tight ends to be the jumbo set. But, yeah, force the issue. Put Drew, Al uh, Drew Shelton on the field. And, if yeah, <laughs> we would have had we would have had a game that ended at 245. Since Mike Yersich became the offensive corner, I've been impressed with his game plans exactly one time. That's rough. Uh, who else we got here? Uh, get rid of that person. So, like, here's the thing: what, what what do you consider what do you consider to be smack talk? 
So I just banned somebody from the chat for saying like I talk smack. And, and again, not about me personally, but that, that makes no sense. Like I don't, <laughs> I don't root for a team. I'm not a Penn State fan. I'm here to talk about the game. And like people fundamentally can't understand neutrality. They can't understand the difference between uh, not everyone's in a tribe than and painting their face blue or red. Frustration season. Players will hit the portal. I don't know about that. This is a what well, I you never say never, but I I don't know about that. Uh, because there's not a lot of uh, that has not happened a lot. What needs to change? Again, I'm going to go eat nachos. It's not I, it's not my job to uh, to make up the game plan. I, I've said a couple times, maybe throw the football a little bit more. Ten two is not boring. Just ask Nebraska. Fair point. Um, I do think that there is some validity to that as well. You can't uh, <laughs> you you can't get away from the idea that you didn't have to beat. Maryland. That didn't have to happen. Showtime. Pennsylvania State football program is good, but to be great, you need everybody to be great. Unfortunately, the only great, uh, the only thing great about this team is the defense and special teams. Same old, same old. Coors Light, please. You know what? I apologize if we don't get to everybody, but uh, I think that's where we're going to end. Have a have a Coors Light. Enjoy the rest of your Saturday if you can. Um, and if you want to, you want to dip into the, the, the madness where people feel the way you do in the chat. BlueWhiteIllustrated.com. You can sign up right now. The big game is over, but the special has not run out yet. I believe it still goes to Sunday. But don't, don't test me on that. I don't know exactly. 50% off for a full year. 54-ish 50, uh, dollars to sign up for 365 days of content. T. Frank's Film Room is coming out. Um, I do have some family matters I have to attend to this weekend, so it might be a little bit delayed, but we're absolutely going to break down all of Penn State and Michigan. And uh, as much as I love talking about the run game, and I find the run game to be super interesting and intricate, and uh, it's, it's very nuanced, it's, there's going to be a lot of it. So strap in for that. Thank you for being here today. This was an unbelievably, I think, satisfying in the end for some people, uh, post-game show therapy session. I hope... Gave you what you were looking for today. Um, I didn't personally fire James Franklin or Mike Yersich. I don't have the ability to do that. But uh, you should definitely tune into the coverage to see how all of that folds out. We will be back with James Franklin's press conference on Monday. And then Tuesday is the live show. We will be talking about this for sure. I'm Thomas Frank Carr for Blue White Illustrated. Talk to you later. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads Money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets.
Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text Hope NY in New York.